Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. Welcome in to another episode where we are taking the Star Wars saga in the order that it's meant to be watched. And Matt, can you believe it? We are in the sequel trilogy now. Yeah, Force Awakens. I mean, we've we've been, you know, unlike we did with the Infinity Saga series where we, you know, just kind of mowed through it. This one we've been kind of, you know, every so often we're like, ah, we need to throw in a Skywalker saga. It's been over a year at this point since we started this. We started this back, I want to say, in March or April of last year, we started it. So it's been over a year and we finally made it to the sequel trilogy, The Force Awakens of the Skywalker Saga. Um, and, and I'm really excited to talk about this with you. Um, it's going to be an interesting conversation because you and I both come from different points of view on Star Wars, at least the sequel trilogy. But before we get there, let's just maybe hit up some, some news a little bit. Um, I think since we, since we uh, recorded last, they have been doing the ongoing media previews of the new Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And I know we were just talking before we hit record. The, the reviews are in and wow. <laughs> People are really happy with it. Yeah, really happy with it. I, I think it, it, it. I think one of the reasons why they're so happy with it. One, it replaced an attraction that was was just not great. <laughs> I never wrote it. That's the Ellen, Ellen's Energy Adventure attraction, right? I never wrote Casey, it. Casey, you know, there's a lot of like Disney nostalgia things that I wish <laughs> like all of us could have done. Like, I mean, I, I, I definitely think like original Journey to Imagination. You know, all the, the Buzzy experience, all that stuff. This is not one of those. <laughs> this is not one of those. I heard there was a like, big dinosaur in this or something. Like, a like there was an animatronic <laughs> Ellen that okay. went back in time. Bill Nye the Science Guy was involved. Alex Trebek was involved. It, it was like a 45-minute show. I heard a um, lot of people would go into it just kind of sleep for 45 minutes. Because yeah. there was air conditioning and, and all that stuff. That was a good thing. Yeah, I never I mean, wrote it. It's, it's again, you know, it, cool. It's like this you know, rotating theater type thing where you move, it, it, it's fine. But really, Epcot in, in, in general was just missing like the big E ticket. Yeah, like I know really that was. there's Soren, I know that there's, there's Test Frozen track. and Test Track as well, but like a roller coaster thrill ride, it really was missing. And, and well, from what I gather, people yeah. say this fills that void. Well, Epcot back in the fast past days, Fast Pass was kind of like a no-brainer at Epcot. First of all, you only got one of the Tier 1 attractions, so you could only pick either Frozen or Test Track or Soarin'. You couldn't pick any of the others. You had to pick one of those three. So a lot of people would formulate their plan. They would rope drop one of them, they would Fast Pass the other one, and then they would wait in line for the other one. But when Soren got the second, uh, or the third, I should say, dome, if you will, um, that absolutely like opened it up to where Soren's not nearly as long of a wait as it used to be. So yeah. a lot of people found themselves like um, fast passing um, or uh, rope dropping uh, Frozen, maybe fast passing Soren, and then like single writing even test track. And there was well, a way and around because, it. And because the World Showcase opens up two hours after Future World, you yeah. could like double rope drop almost. You could, absolutely. And you know, Spaceship Earth's a fun ride, but if, it, if it's at an hour long wait, wait 15 minutes, it becomes a 15 minute wait. Like yeah. Spaceship Earth, you never really had to wait a fast pass. So you're right, there was never really, these other ones were fun, but they needed that adrenaline pumping, fun, 
attraction and from what the reviews are and i'm going to be honest i watched a pov video of it i did i i wanted to see it i wasn't sure when i'd make it back down prior to what i already told you earlier i wasn't <laughs> sure when i was going to make it back down so i wanted to see what this was all about and it looks like a fun ride man like it looks absolutely awesome yeah yeah the 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 people that have been riding it and, and this is not just like i i understand being skeptical of media people who have been invited by Disney because they want to say good things so Disney keeps inviting them back to these media things mm -hmm. but uh, the the like cast members and the guests that and the media that I've seen it, everyone is is saying wow this is I just have, so much fun I have not heard one bad thing about it and that's unusual I've not heard one person say they were underwhelmed or it wasn't a good ride I've heard everything from smooth as butter amazing ride I mean, people got off wrote it multiple times because the way these previews have worked um one thing i am curious about because when they originally tossed this idea out there it was supposed to be this idea that peter quill had visited epcot back in like the 1980s when it first opened yeah but everything i've read and everything i've watched it doesn't seem like that storyline's played out he references it in the pre-show okay so it's in the pre-show okay so i didn't but bother is... to watch all through the pre-show either but it is kind of a weird pre-show. So spoiler alert, if you have not watched this ride and don't want to, spoiler alert for you. It's it's like he references how excited he is to do everything that's not at Epcot anymore. And so this is the one nitpick that I've heard. It's like, who is this for? It's it, Anyone that didn't grow up with that is doesn't know what veggie veggie fruit fruit is. Mm. And the people who did like that are going, oh, yeah, that's not here. That's a bummer. And mm. so that's the only like kind of weird thing that I feel like I, I get. I, I understand the. What Epcot was supposed to be and what it was when it opened. That isn't what it is now. And we can argue for weeks on whether that is good or bad, but it is. Whatever mm -hmm. you think about it, that is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's not this experimental prototype community of tomorrow. It's well, it not never, this, first it, of all, it never was. Well, it, it never Let's was. Let's be very clear. And, it was never the, the Epcot that Walt envisioned. No. So it became this, I mean, from the very early age when they decided to bring it together it was already a, a, a hodgepodge a, a matchup if you will a mashup of this world showcase that was meant to be like what the future is and world and of course what world showcases so future world and world showcase bumped together the problem with any theme park that tries to go future focused and we've talked about this i think this is tomorrowland park, tomorrowland epcot any theme park that tries to go into that here's what tomorrow could look like is that tomorrow eventually becomes today which eventually becomes yesterday mm -hmm. so you only you have a limited shelf life and with how much it costs to build these parks to build these attractions to build these lands all the planning that goes into them why would somebody put something into a park that has a limited shelf life moving forward? I, for one, am so thankful Epcot is moving away from what it was. I never had my first experience with Epcot was 2010. So I am not that audience. I don't remember what those shows were. I don't remember Figment. Figment to me means nothing. I know a yeah, lot of no, people. I hear you. A lot. So for me, I'm ready for the Wreck-It Ralph portion that they talked about. I'm ready for the, the, the Cherry Tree Lane portion they talked about. I'm ready for some more thrill rides. I'm so excited about Moana. Like I can't even, I mean, the whole, the walkthrough. Yeah, it's a walkthrough. Yeah. It's going to be fun. 
I, I just, that's why I'm really glad they went this route. And, and I know it got a lot of bad press up front when they put that giant building up, but from everything I'm hearing, that's, it's, it's good. It's, it's all, it's all just kind of this nitpick of wanting the park to be what it was. And it, don't get me wrong. Again, I loved kitchen cabaret was a riot. It was so much fun. Talking great but, to me. <laughs> but but it's not there anymore and that's fine. Yeah. It, you know, the, the whole buzzy experience, really cool. That's not there anymore. And it's fine. It, it, it's okay to say, I liked the iteration of it. And I also like this future iteration of it as well. I, I you know, Walt talked about this. The parks are constantly changing. Yes. Yep. They shouldn't be what they were 50 years ago because mm-hmm. 50 years ago is not the world we live in today. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that you can't say the Disney company is infallible because unfortunately the oh, clearly they are you know, executives <laughs> are making some like, did you see the one where the executive couldn't remember that it was called galactic star cruiser? She like botched the name. Uh, and, no, and it's I like, didn't. It's like, okay, so wait a minute. And, and we had, there were a bunch of people that did the call centers were like, I literally had to say your fast pass plus for, Expedition Everest, Legend of the like Forgotten Temple, blah, blah blah. If I didn't do that exactly, I got dinged. And the <laughs> C, the the executive can't remember that it's Galactic Star Cruiser, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Technically, but, it's Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Exactly, exactly. So, but regardless, I it's a great move for Epcot. I think. I mean, it, also it does get Marvel in the Florida parks because yeah. Guardians did not fall under all of the uh-huh. legal stuff. I wonder how long it's going to be until Disney has had enough and just buys it and takes it over and just says Universal, we're done. It's not going to be Chapek that does it, but it's going to be the next kind of Iger that 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 looks at this and, and, you know, goes abroad and goes to other parks and goes, (laughs) you know, this is this is ridiculous that we can't have this Universal. What's your price? I was I don't I was in one of my Facebook groups the other day. It was in my the WDW Facebook group, and someone referred to um, the Marvel Land in um, at Universal. They called it something. I got to look it up here. Hold on. I, I was like, oh my god, this is hilarious. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Where is it? Hopefully, I can find it. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see here. That might be buried. I think they called it Marvel Light. <laughs> It's like the, I mean, the Marvel Marvel light. I have to look at it. It definitely I just, has it has more of the comic book vibe because that's what it was when it was built. Yeah. But um, I just don't know. I mean, it's it's the whole like, will Universal give it up? It's like, well, I think Universal's kind of got their own stuff that they're starting to do. And yeah. believe me, Universal has plenty of great properties as well. I, at some point, Disney will make sure that they can make Marvel rides in the Florida park or maybe that maybe this is the way of them saying you know what visit international or visit california if you want your marvel fix it could be i i mean not not there no one says that the parks have to be identical i don't want the parks it's one of the things i'm so excited about this trip to disneyland about yeah is that i'm gonna get to experience a disney park like I never have before. I mean, I can do Walt Disney World with my hands tied behind my, or, you know, my eyes closed, my hands tied behind my back, and I can do it just fine. And I'm okay with that. In fact, I'm excited to take people, take people to the parks when that happens. But I'm also kind of excited to be 
brand new to Disneyland and have no idea. And and ride the Incredicoaster and check out their version of Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. And while I'm out there, you know, ride the Matterhorn for crying out loud. Yeah. Like, like things that I, you know, the, the Mr. Toad ride, like, yeah. like that's out there. I've never rode that before. So like there's, there is a lot of fun that I'm, I'm, I'm that nothing. There is nothing sane that the parks have to be the same and I don't want them to be the same. So needless to say, I am excited to ride Cosmic Rewind. I was just telling Matt before the show, um, uh, I've got a Disney world trip planned in October. I'm, I'm going with my brother, uh, to, to Matt, Matt's giving me the evil eye right now. Uh, he is, he, he can't help it. Literally everyone that I know, everyone <laughs> in my life is going to the Disney parks and I'm um, not. <laughs> I'm going with my brother. We are going for Lou Mangiello's momentum conference. Speaking of which a little plug for Lou here. If you are a entrepreneur or somebody who, wants to start their own business or isn't starting their, or is starting their own business or their own podcast or whatever, Lou's Momentum Workshop is kick butt. That's the one I went to last November. It, it will literally give you everything that you need to know um, and, and really give you that kick in the pants to kind of get you motivated. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I'm writing my book is because I went to that, 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 um, that, uh, a conference last year. So I'm taking my brother cause he runs his own DJ company Nice, and um, we're going to do a little brother's trip while we're down there. And we're going to Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. It's back finally after yeah. two years. So that's exciting. Oh man. It's going to be you, man, you're getting a Disney fix July I and am. for June and October. Holy yep. cow. And it's all paid for, which is what makes me throw the death. And then there is some news on the horizon. I may, may be, Dumping, jumping into the um, into the the travel agent game here. Okay. Soon. So yeah. Okay. Um, more on that coming up. So we'll talk. But yeah, Lots so I'm really excited things. about it. it. Is it is so? But why don't we get to the topic at hand, Matt? Yeah. Oh, so okay. I feel like we have to start with the moment in time. Yes. Where this movie, I honestly, outside of maybe Avengers Endgame. And maybe even this eclipses that. I don't remember a movie that was more hyped in just the general world than The Force Awakens. I mean, it was, it was, uh, when Disney bought this, we thought, you know, before Disney bought it, we thought Star Wars movies were kind of done. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not going to be any more Star Wars movies. Okay, we get the little content here and there with cartoons, but the idea that we were going to get more movies was not really on the horizon. And so when this was announced, this was a huge deal. Real sets, practical effects. You've been here, but you don't know this story. Nothing's changed really. I mean, everything's changed, but nothing's changed. That's the way you want it to be really. To see the way the technology has evolved, and yet keeping one foot in the pre-digital world. It couldn't be more exciting. It's still surreal. We are here on day one of Star Wars Episode Seven. Yeah, yeah. How incredible is that? I can die now. My whole life has led to this moment. I'm in heaven. I think we've worn the suit out 
probably quicker than we expected because every time you meet someone, they just want to hug you. Getting back to the old days, the old ways of doing things. JJ is trying to make sure these movies have a physicality to them. We truly are out in a desert, a real desert. Star Wars. I burned the Star Wars. <laughs> and I'm just going to bring this character to life. You don't get to build an X-Wing every day or a Millennium Falcon. Every day I come to work smiling. Energy and action! You have to pause, take a breath, slow down, and really not freak out. in the same room as all these legends and with all these new people who I'm sure will go on to be legends themselves. <laughs> you know, it's being done with such love and such enthusiasm from everybody, and I think that you'll be able to feel that coming off the screen. It means so much to so many people. You just know what it's going to be like in the cinema. Star Wars is an important part of everyone's history. It's a beautiful thing to actually be involved in it. I think if we talk about moment in time, we actually have to talk about the fact that it's been 10 years since Disney bought Star Wars. It has been yeah. 10 years since Disney bought Lucasfilm. There was a lot of skepticism about Disney making that purchase. There was a lot of skepticism that they would be able to do it right. There was a lot of skepticism. Again, we weren't even sure that that they, these movies would be done, would be made. But the fact that Disney bought it, it was it was their first big, you know, like purchase right so besides pixar then this gets announced this gets announced in 2012 this was announced literally 10 years ago yeah and it started with george lucas being in on some of the meetings and some of the collaboration a lot of people kind of forget that part they did but he only had a couple of people read the drafts that he had for episode seven eight nine and then Disney just made the decision they didn't want to go in that direction, and and Lucas left. At that point, he was no longer a collaborator on the film. But his longtime confidant and somebody who he had worked with for years, Kathleen Kennedy, was. And she was the one in charge of Lucasfilm. Now, I know there is a lot of vitriol towards Kathleen Kennedy. I don't know why there is. Well, I, I can put some of the reason out there the fact that she's a woman i think is a big well part of it. okay let me let me let me go in this route so a that that's not the reason that that's a dumb reason if you believe that's the reason you're dumb um <laughs> just saying but it, it was comments that came out this week so it was it was we learned our lesson with han solo we can't recast actors to play longtime characters and i and a lot of fans went that's no that's not that wasn't the problem with solo a star wars story we didn't hate the i mean yes there were people out there that did but it the casting of han solo was not the problem and there's just this there's there's sometimes just a slight out of touchness 
and that comment kind of shows that like slight out of touchness with the fan base. I don't I don't agree with that though. I think the biggest problem with Solo was that you can't cast someone to play a character that everybody knows and loves like that. Solo was a great movie otherwise. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, that comment just, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it, it's, I, it's not a total out of touch. It's just like that little bit off that just sometimes just doesn't strike. The, the problem, and we have talked about this so many times on this podcast. The biggest problem with the Star Wars franchise is that you are literally going across three generations, moving on four generations, really. Yeah. Four generations of people who have grown up with this content in some way. There is no producer, no director, no, no uh, talent whatsoever that could take the massive amount of Star Wars fandom and create something that will make everybody happy. Like, and I know a lot of people say, well, that's not true. True. John Favreau, look what he's done with the Mandalorian. He's done a great job with one part of the Star Wars universe. You put him in charge of the Skywalker saga. He's going to get the same hatred, the same vitriol, the same frustration from one part of the fan base versus the other. It's, it's caught between said, a rock and a hard place. It, it if, you're really in charge of the, if you're in charge of Lucasfilms, you're caught between a rock and a hard place. It, at the end of the day, what they wanted to do was sell films and make money that, that and tell, tell stories to be able to do that. They found success in things like Rogue One. They did not find success in things like Han Solo, namely because people just didn't want to see the origin story of Han Solo. Like that just was, there wasn't a compelling reason to, for that to be there. They found success in the Mandalorian. They found mediocre success in Book of Boba Fett. Like I think yeah, it's not I, nearly yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's right. They have, I, I think the Bad Batch, unfortunately, I think it was a bad batch. I don't think a lot of people liked it. I think, I don't think I'd be surprised if it comes back. I don't know if it is. Oh no, it's, it's season okay. two has been announced, but, oh, I, it has been. Okay. but but that is, that is your cartoon diehards. You, yes. That's not going to be the, it definitely like, not the money making. They're not, they're well, not, they're yeah, not making yeah. the money for the company. No, though. They the thing that drove some like, uh, like wrecker, I know was a toy box figure for a while, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. The, the, the money truly comes from the fact that they have got this through, this through needle, of the original sequel or the original trilogy, the prequel that came, you know, 20 years after, and here we are 20 years again. And now it's time for yet, not even 20 years. I think it was more like 10 years were offset from when the last star Wars revenge of the Sith had come out. So now we're offset and it's time to continue that thorough line through to the next sequel. Right. A lot of skepticism. People aren't sure about whether Disney's going to be able to do this or not. But there, if there's one thing that I know for a fact is that Disney is great at storytelling. They are great at storytelling. It may not be the story that you want, but they're it's a great good story. At yes. Okay. So that gets us here. That gets us to the the craziness. They announce Star Wars. I don't even know if they call it the Force Awakens when they announce it. But they they announce Episode Seven debuting holiday 2015. I started working for the Disney Store in 2014. That was the first year they sold Star Wars merchandise. They had just gotten it in. I want to say maybe three months before I had started working there, they started selling it. And it was the old stuff. Like it was stuff that had been transferred from other companies and put on store shelves. Like it was really beat up stuff. I don't remember when you started working for Disney. Was it no, I was, um, I would have been, I would have been post force awakens. Okay. So for me, I was there when the hype of this started. 
And so I had a whole, it wasn't 2014 when it happened. It was 2015. I remember Force Friday. I remember the very first Force Friday we had, the, the day that we debuted the merchandise. Because the merchandise was the thing that came before the movie. I mean, that was the thing that really got everybody going, right? Yeah, I remember exactly. we had an overnight the night before. I won't say it was quite an overnight, but it was basically like we had to be, the store closed um, at nine. We all had to be there. We weren't allowed to unbox any of the merchandise until that night. Like we weren't even allowed to touch it. It just had to be quarantined and back. None of the none of the the, the um, posters. None of the none of the anything. In fact, all of the inventory. They they you might remember this on the on the uh, re, um, replenishment receipts. Whenever we'd get a new movie, they wouldn't name the characters in the inventory. They yeah. called them like main hero one or main villain one. Well, Kylo Ren at the time was villain one, and and um, uh, uh, um, goodness gracious, the silver one, the the silver lady. Oh, Phasma. Phasma, thank you. She was she was villain two or main villain two to the point that we didn't even know who that it was a she at that point time. We thought it was a he. Like that was how crazy it was. But I remember we're unboxing all the stuff. We're putting the putting the posters up. All this great stuff. We get everything set up, and as we're doing it, we're looking at the stuff. We're looking for any clue as to who these characters are. Yeah. And it was a madhouse to get that stuff. People wanted like the action figures they wanted the they want everything because it was the first true replenishment of star wars merchandise we had all that other stuff was so old it just sat there well and it was all brand new characters and it was all brand new stuff Mm -hmm. absolutely and then it sold we we kept it on the shelves and the movie debuts in 2015 uh december i think it was december 18th 2015 and takes the Star Wars world by storm. It does. I think Last Jedi and um, Rise of Skywalker have overshadowed and, and kind of cast the shadow on the sequel trilogy. But Force Awakens, as a movie by itself, and watching it again today in preparation for this podcast, reaffirms how good of a movie it really is. Casey, I am in complete agreement with you on this okay. point where I watch it again today and I'm watching going, this is really enjoyable. It I'm was. really enjoying this. Agreed. And and I agree with you that, that eight and nine overshadow this one because unfortunately it is tied to it. Whether we yep. like it or not, seven, eight, nine are tied to each other. Four, five, six are tied to each other. And one, two, three are tied to each other. But I'm not, I'm trying not to get into that today. We'll get into that get, when we we'll talk about later. episode eight yeah. and nine. But so just episode seven, as in a vacuum of just episode seven, it's a great movie. I want to ask you a question. Is this the first time you've watched it since seeing Rise of Skywalker? Yes. Okay. Same for me. Same for me. In fact, it was queued up to the point that I had left it prior to seeing Rise of Skywalker. So I had to go back to play from the beginning. The reason why I ask you that is I know it's hard to separate. I know I know we're trying to separate this from eight and nine, but knowing that we what we know about Rise of Skywalker, knowing that it's the Emperor pulling the strings from the start, knowing that Snoke is just a puppet, it gave me a little bit different of a perspective watching this movie. I and I know they didn't plan this when they wrote the movie. I get that, but this is I will give Abrams credit in Rise of Skywalker 
being able to kind of go back and tie some of this, the way that Snoke says a couple of things about Ray, knowing that he knows that Ray's his granddaughter and the things that he says, bring her to me and, and about his plan. I saw remnants of the emperor in Snoke and I, it made it that much more enjoyable for me. Those times where I know who Snoke is now. Like when you saw see the movie for the first time, you have no idea who this guy is. Like, where did he come from? But now I know. And I almost can, like, I was able to pull myself back kind of from a meta perspective, I guess, and see the bigger picture that the emperor was playing at this point. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't quite get that as much, but it is, I mean, it is different watching this movie, knowing everything that we know. Cause that was the other thing. The question of, who is Ray's family? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, oh my gosh, stormtroopers are no longer clones. There's a stormtrooper program. And mm-hmm. who is Kylo Ren? And how, do, yep. how does everyone fit into this? Where When you know some of that, now you can focus on more of the things. One of the things that I, I, I what really stood out to me is I really love Kylo Ren as the villain in this sequel trilogy because he... You know, the first sequel trilogy has kind of a, you know, you've got General Grievous and you've got Count Dooku, but, I, you know, they're, they're in so little of it that the, the, the villain is kind of mysterious. And yeah, it comes you, out, really, you never really know who, like, it's not the same consistent villain. Yeah, technically, you know, uh, Senator Palpatine is technically the, the villain, but he's not. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, the other shrouded. Ones are, yeah. It's shrouded. Then 456 has Darth Vader, who is this stoic, in control, terrifying presence. And then you have Kylo Ren, who is this hot headed, loose cannon. And I love that it it feels different. Like I, the, the scene where the officer nervously comes in, and I love that he is nervous about this and says, We didn't acquire the droid. They they escaped and Mm -hmm. he takes out his lightsaber and just destroys the panel in front of him. Mm -hmm. That, that emotion I think gives, gives that villain. It it makes, it makes it not feel like Darth Vader light. It makes it feel like Kylo Ren is his own. Yeah. I actually would argue that the Kylo Ren of this movie is superior to Darth Vader. I I, Hmm. I would say that I, I always had a problem with Darth Vader. I never felt he was villainous enough to me. He always, it always felt, and, and I know this is like, I'm going to get lamb, lampooned for this from some of our Lampooned. Listeners. I love that word. But, but, but no, I, every time I've watched Darth Vader in the first three movies, the first movie, especially it, it, it never felt like I, he was connected to the dark side. Like, yeah, there were a couple of moments where with, with the hand and the choking and everything, but like he never did anything so drastic that made me want to hate Darth Vader. Kylo Ren, I mean, literally from the moment that we see him on Jakku and he takes Poe and he stops. Oh my God. The way he stops oh. the blaster. Oh my that gosh. is First that, of all, the, that's one of the coolest scenes ever. That, but then bla- he, that blaster stuff was awesome. He leaves. And, 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 and I think Phasma says, what do you want to do with the villagers? He says, kill them all. And you literally see them killing all of the villagers, the way he kills the, the, the old man in the beginning, right? Like you, 
you can see that we're dealing with a different kind of villain. And maybe it was implied that Darth Vader was like that, but you actually saw this. And then I think what really brings him truly to the dark side is when he kills Han. Like, oh, yeah. That scene, even now, I knew it was coming. That scene was was like it takes your breath away to watch this character from 40 years ago die at the hands of his son. I will say this one thing. I the, the Abrams did did in, did Kylo Ren injustice by having him take his mask off when he was with Ray. The entire time he has his mask on until that point with Rain, you finally see him for the first time and I think that is the wrong spot for that reveal. Hmm. I think he should have kept the mask on until he got on the bridge with his dad. And even though he takes his mask off there, that should have been the first time his mask came off Hmm. because that would have been said, Oh, wait a second. There's something different going on here. This is a real, this is a man. This is a child behind this mask. Cause up until that point, you don't really know who Kylo Ren looks like. And then when he takes that mask off, we actually had a joke, Danielle and I used to call him Darth Teenage Angst. Because like, he looks like a teenager having a bad day when he and takes the mask off. that kind of is more of the vibe of this villain. This is not a seasoned veteran. No. Because, again, that was like what Darth Vader was, where Anakin Skywalker, seasoned general, all this other stuff, very calculated. This clearly running more on raw emotion. And so I, I, I found much more appreciation for that character. And okay, there is one perfect character in this whole sequel trilogy and it is BB eight. He is a perfect <laughs> character. I, if you say anything bad about him, I will fight you. Um, just, you know what? The, I don't know too many people who don't like BB eight. He is very much an accepted character. Uh, when, when Finn story. gives when you, him the yeah. thumbs up for life, yes! he pulls out the, Oh, the it's lighter. like, that is so good. Yes, yes, yes. No, I, I agree with you. BB eight fit right in to the culture of the droids. In fact, when you see the droids, now you see three PO and you see R2D2 BB eight is right there with him. And, and I absolutely, I absolutely love BB eight. His personality is awesome. Um, but yeah, getting back to the movie though, the movie itself, Abrams does, and I think the reason why this movie can stand up the way it does, he does a Herculean task of having to introduce these new characters, yet at the same time give some type of a callback. And I think I think here's where it is. When you look at the three movies, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Return of the Sky, or Rise of Skywalker, when you look at Rise of Skywalker, it I think a lot of people's problem with Rise of Skywalker is it leans way too much into legacy and into callbacks. When you look at Last Jedi, there's not enough of it. When you look at Last Jedi, it's very, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird sequence. I'm not going to lie, but we'll get there. It, it, we'll talk about that later, but I agree. It is kind of a weird it's movie. It's a weird movie. <laughs> Force Awakens, I think Abrams balances really well. You get 80% new story, new characters, new plot. 20% throwback to the original characters. You well, get just enough of Han. You get just enough of Leia. And I actually read that the original writers before they kind of moved away from this, Luke was going to kind of come in about midway through. And they every way they tried to go about it, 
every time they brought Luke in, he became the story and you lost track of your main characters and they didn't want that to happen. So that's why they literally brought him in at the very end as just a cameo, really, so that we could have time to get used to these new characters, some time to get used to these new protagonists. Right. And I and I just I think Abrams does a great job there. Well, and and I think the callbacks are done in such a they're woven in to where you don't notice they're not like sticking out like a sore thumb. Perfect example yeah. is this, the escape from Jakku where it's um, you know, we got a, what about that one? Oh, that one's a piece of junk. And then it blows up, you know, garbage will do. And you look over and it's the millennium Falcon. Yep. And that yep. is just like a, you know, because that was, you know, that's the first thing that Luke says when he's what a piece of junk. Yep. Um, and, and, and then when Han Solo and Chewie come on the Millennium Falcon, like it, it, it all makes sense in the story. And it's not just, it, it's not just like token, like, huh? huh? No, I can't think of any token moments that are in there at all. Like, it, it, and even, even some of the moments that are, I, I, they give you chills, I think are done well. Like when Ray touches the lightsaber and hears Yoda and mm-hmm. hears, Obi-Wan Kenobi in both young and old form. He hears Alan Guinness uh, or Alec Guinness, Al- Al- Alan, Alec, Alec, Alec Guinness, right? Yeah. Guinness as Obi-Wan. Yes. And of course, <laughs> um, uh, McGregor as Obi-Wan. He hears both, right? He hears Yoda in there. He hears Luke in there. You hear you Luke yelling, no, you know, you know, all the, the history that were those. It's, and it's such a brief thing that you, the first time you hear it, you go, did I just hear what I think I heard? And it's it's so well done. You know, and one thing I want to say here, I know a lot of people are very critical and say it's too close to a new hope. I don't see it, Matt. I really don't. It has similar plot points. I get it. Like if, if you if you take a skeleton where, all right, you have a a huge, big, bad first order slash empire. You have a small resistance. Oh my gosh, there's a big space station that we have to go blow up and we do it. Yes, um, but you could literally do that for a thousand movies. You know, movies but, have a similar skeleton. I, I, I agree. I'm not, this is not a carbon copy of A New Hope. But, but this is where my frustration is. And, and I think, first of all, in, okay, in A New Hope, the Empire is the, is the main government in charge. In A New Hope, the Empire is the one calling the shots. They're the big bag empire. There is no Republic. The Republic's gone. The Senate's just kind of an arm of the Empire. Here, there actually is a Republic. It's our functioning government, and they've got a resistance kind of out there trying to quash the new order that is trying to take over. It's like the script is flipped, right? And as far as the Death Star versus Starkiller base, a lot of people compare those two things. After watching it again today, I'm like, they are nothing alike whatsoever. The Death Star was literally a traveling planet that could go wherever it needed to go to do what it needed to do. Circular Base is where it's at. It doesn't travel. It can just shoot its laser beam anywhere in the galaxy. Anywhere. Like, it yeah. killed those five planets like that. The Death Star couldn't do that. So yeah. I just, I, I, and I think I'm also starting to put into my mind where the Emperor's, Palpatine's mind is at 
in, in the strategic stru uh, chess pieces, knowing what happens in the future installments of this, right? Knowing that he's putting these onto destroyers and that's the plan that he's going to go with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And again, I know that's not, and we can go here. I think we should probably talk about this a little bit. That was not the intention when they first wrote this screenplay because it has been admitted by Kathleen Kennedy. They didn't really know where they were going to go. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, and, and, and that's that, the frustrating part to me. Well, and, and that's the, that honestly was the more frustrating part after I watched this movie. Where I went, man, I enjoyed that. How did they mess this up? Yeah. Because listen, the, you've got great characters here. I think Ray is a great character. I think Finn is a great character. I think Poe Dameron's a great character. I We obviously have already talked about BB-8 and Kylo Ren. I think General Hux is also a really good, you know, like kind of Grand Moff Tarkin, you know, not mm -hmm. a force wielder, but a high ranking member of the, of the in Empire. this movie, in this yes, movie, yes. like, like this, this movie has great characters. It's got great locations. It's got great action. It's got great storytelling. It weaves in the past as well as looking to the future. And, and then I think about the next two movies and I go, you, I could understand if you botch the first one and then you're trying to like patch it up in the later two, this is a, wonderful star Wars movie. This is a wonderful movie. You have a great foundation here. How did you botch the building of the house? Well, and my, my th thing is, okay, let's say they, they got off on their, a great foot like they did with force awakens and they didn't have much set up for number two or number three. You don't write number two and number three separately. The two should have been written together and shot as back-to-back -back sequels, done to where everything made sense. How I'm many okay movies have done that? You talked yeah. about that last week with The Matrix did that. The Matrix, I'm absolutely. Sure Pirates of the Caribbean did that. Yes. Where they shot two and three back-to-back. -back. Lord, Lord of the Rings, they shot all three of them together. Like, yeah. Like, just from a cost perspective. And, and, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's on record saying, you know, um, you know, that, that, you know, each director would be in contact with the next director and the writing, blah, 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 blah. Apparently Abrams did have drafts written for eight, nine. He talked to Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson basically said, no, I want to go my own direction. And I think that's what it is, is at the end of the day, eight is really what disrupts this because in eight, eight takes us so far off course of where I think Abrams wanted to be that when Abram comes back onto nine, he has to fix what Johnson did in eight and try to get some of his story across. Right. But at least where this one leaves off in the way they set the characters up, the, the mythology they build here, it's a really good movie. And, and might I add the soundtrack is phenomenal. Oh, I, I, mean, I downloaded the soundtrack. Well, it's, but it's not though. It's different than star Wars. Music. Like it's, it's got the star Wars throwback, but Ray's theme is one of my absolute dun dun dun, you know that song. And then there's the the um the staircase theme when she's walking up to Luke Skywalker, which by the way, I have to call out something here. I will post this in our socials uh, on 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 Tuesday when the show up releases. So back when we worked for the Disney Store, uh, this would have been before your time. This would have been in 2016, Matt. So um, there was a contest at the Disney Store where we, uh, if you wanted to, the cast members and all the stores could put together a 60-second, no more than 60-second, multimedia, multimedia video merging two franchises together. I was at the Disney store for this. Were you okay? Yeah, so I, my I'll team, tell you what I did when, when we were, um, when, when you tell yours. So my team at 887 did a 
Force Awakens and Moana mashup. And it's a scene with Emily, who's been on the pod. She was on the Broadway episode. Uh, Emily is playing Ray. I am playing Luke Skywalker. And our friend Aaron, who's got a beautiful voice, took the song from Moana, the song when when uh, Tahiti gets her heart back. Okay. And, and converted it to a, a song about um, finding Luke Skywalker. I've crossed the map to, or found or followed the map to find you. We know who you are. This is not defined. It was a really good song. But she's singing this as Emily playing Ray comes down the, the grassy hill to come find me. And I lift my veil up and she hands me the lightsaber and I kind of give this and that's it. And then our friend Nikki who edited it has kind of the post credit scene um, at the end. So I'm going to post this in our social media on Tuesday. uh, So everybody can see this video. It's only 60 seconds, but seriously, it is like an amazing 60 second spot. So when I was watching the scene where Ray goes up yeah. those steps to hand Luke the, the lightsaber, I was like, oh, I, I missed that. So, yeah. <laughs> we did a mashup of uh, – it was I was put in charge of it, so I did a mashup of uh, uh, Robin Hood and the, Ood, the Ooda Lolly song, except instead of Robin Hood and Little John, it was Solo and Chewbacca. And <laughs> it, it was, I was really proud of it. Um, it I don't was, know if I, can, okay. <laughs> if I can show this to you. Hold on. I don't know if you'll be able to see this through the camera or not. see that <laughs> yes i can <laughs> me lifting my veil yes <laughs> It fits really well. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? And then here's my favorite part, the credits. That's Nikki. He's the one who edited it. Watch this. <laughs> so for those of you it. who are just listening to that, I will post that in the social media uh, when we're done. But yeah, so th- that scene... It, it, it just reminds me of that. But my point, I think we were talking about the soundtrack soundtrack's just great. The soundtrack, it's a throwback. You know, and we talked about the different throwbacks too. the scene where she's inside the star destroyer and then they pull back and they reveal the giant star destroyer. That's like literally sitting there 30 years old as wreckage, like kind of this vestige of war. Like again, just so well done giving people who remember the original sequel trilogy kind of the, the, the feels, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it does a great job of bringing in new fans, introducing new characters while also connecting it with the story that we know and love. It just, it's, I, I forgot after watching it, just how good of a movie Again, standalone, how good of a movie this was and how much I enjoyed it. And even I will you, say... Where would you put it? Where would you put it in the... It's got to be in the top five for me, at least. So Maybe... let's just take the nine. Let's just like, we, like, keep all the other stuff out of it. Just take the nine. 
not not new not not um rogue one not solo i'm probably this is maybe weird i'm probably five three six seven five like what wait hold on five so empire strikes back revenge of the sith return or um yeah return of the jedi and then force awakens four for you then I, I think I in in thinking about it because you know one and two are 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 in the mid tier for me. Yeah. I, I mean four is obviously always going to hold a special place, but I, I think it's I, I I think that's probably the next one. You know four is then then top yeah. five. I've already got five and six in there, and definitely not putting eight and nine in that category. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think when I think about it, I would go. Three is definitely in my top three. I love I love three. three yeah, three's three is great. Three Sith Sith is such a good one. I uh, see. I, unlike you, I put nine. I put nine in my top three as well. I, at yeah, one point, see, I'm, I'm number one. I got. I'm not there. Of course, but rewatching it again might change it a little bit. I don't know. But this is de- after. I think for me, any of the ones that do a good job of threading the needle from one sequel to the one trilogy to the next. I think are going to be in my, so that's why I think three ranks up there. That's probably why I popped this one up there too. Um, and that's probably why four five and six don't really make it into my top three. I would definitely put five um, top four. It would probably be my, my top four, but okay. Well, that's good to hear that this is kind of up there for you. It's it. I mean, and I think some of it is just that opening 15 minutes captures you yeah because you you've got the intrigue of where's this going then we already talked with it when he stops that blaster you just oh. go oh man yep. you are invested i you love it and it, it it the the new characters are introduced well it doesn't feel forced i and and, uh, and let me <laughs> zing and and let me say this i like the characters, all of these characters, there's really not a character in this movie that I'm that I'm like, man, that character just didn't land for. Me. I think for me, the one that does not land for me is Poe Dameron. He's probably the one that I have least connection to. It's not that I don't like Poe Dameron. I, I, I just I feel and I think if I'm not mistaken, they weren't going to use him much after this movie originally that was not the intention so maybe that's why he feels like out of it as much as he is but you're right i mean there's no one character that i'm going that was just a waste of time i mean even maz Quintana. i mean she she's an amazing character too yeah. i absolutely love her i i wish we could get a little bit more from like who she is or or you know what what her connection is to the legacy characters if you will i think that's the one gripe i have and i I don't necessarily know if there's a way that it could have been rectified. I would like to see, and maybe this is what some of the the TV show will fill in. I would, the TV shows, I should say, I want to see what happens in that gap between six and seven. What I, I want to see more. I would love the first order. I would love to see a series on Luke in the training academy, like th- again, I may I don't, I don't necessarily know if they have to go computer generated Luke or not. Maybe they would, but and maybe it'd be too cost prohibitive to do that. Maybe they go with craziness, an animated show. They could go that route. I would watch <sighs> that. I would I would watch an animated show 
of Luke trying to bring up the next generation of Jedi and get a little bit of, 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 of where Kylo Ren comes from and how that happens. I would watch that. I, this gap between six and seven, and I know we get a little bit with the Mandalorian and and Boba Fett and we're going to get, you know, but I would love to see. Not really. Cause Mandalorian and Boba Fett are dealing with the underworld of all this, not the galaxy altering stuff. I mean, we've seen Luke a little bit and maybe we'll see some more of him and they'll touch on a little bit, but I would like to see some of that gap. Where does the rise of the first order come from? When does Snoke first come on the scene and, why right Mm -hmm. like like i would love to see some of that yeah and i hope that they don't get away from these characters because of the bad press that eight Mm -hmm. and nine have gotten yeah Uh, this whole idea that they're they're looking to to make this you know wipe this sequel trilogy off the face of the earth and and never let it be seen again i'm like first of all that's not happening the the amount of stuff that has been brand i mean galaxy's edge would have to completely yeah re-theme and they're just not going to do that and there's a large enough fan base that actually does like the sequel it may not be as large as the original series or even the prequel series but there is a large enough fan base and every day new generations of children are watching ray and poe and finn and that's their star wars that is their star wars you know yeah yeah so uh yeah i i man if you haven't watched this movie in a long time i highly recommend watching it i give it a bb8 thumbs up nice <laughs> oh, that's is that the greatest uh, part of the movie? It might be. Hey, actually, I gotta say, one, I think I, I think my favorite part of that movie um, is watching the lightsaber battle at the end between Finn and Kylo, and then Ray and Kylo. I think that's an awesome scene when they're in the snow and yeah. the woods. I also think the scene when Solo and and Kylo meet on the bridge, um, really that, well done. That, that, I I got to give Adam Driver some props about the way he acted in that scene. You can clearly see when Ben comes out versus when Kylo Ren comes out. You can see the difference. Have you seen when um, Adam Driver hosted SNL and yes. he did the undercover, undercover boss, boss star? He did it twice. Base. He did it twice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's hilarious. <laughs> Just, yes. My name is Matt. I'm a radar technician. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I, I got to say, why would, why did they choose Ben? Was it an homage to obi-wan uh yeah yeah it, do they ever reference that do you think i'm i'm know. sure that it, that's one of those um uh like reference in novels or something like that and that was something that they pulled from it okay um i, I could be totally wrong about that i i am not well versed in the extended universe of star wars i i just in my mind i just like that's interesting that they they chose a name that had already been used as kind of a uh uh like an alias, if you will, of Obi-Wan. So why did they choose it to go? And maybe, maybe we'll, um, no, we won't get that because Obi-Wan set completely long before Han Solo is even in the picture. So yeah, never mind on that. <laughs> well, I mean, you just mentioned that. I, I just referenced, I just realized that in six days from yeah. when we're recording this in like, what, three days from when this got like 27th, we get the Obi-Wan series. Yeah. So are they releasing all at once or is it? Gonna I don't be, think so. No, I think they're doing two, the first two. In fact, no, they're doing the first two episodes and then it's like six episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I heard, did you hear Chip and Dale released? Have you watched uh, it yet? Yes. I have not watched it. I have I not hear, either. I've heard bad things and I've heard great things. I've heard it is delightfully chaotic. 
Okay, I, I've I've literally seen somebody refer to it as a hot steaming pile of garbage. Yeah, and then I, I've heard other people say it's absolutely a fun ride. Yeah, so, I, I I think it's um I think it's going to be a fun ride, and I hear a lot of people like giving it the Roger Rabbit kind of. Did you see that they've got they've got a poorly drawn Sonic in it? Yes. Oh well, you you know where that's from? Yeah, it's from the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah, the the original one that they released yes, that trailer. The one that, and then, yes, but that's and what I'm saying. They've got went, poorly drawn Sonic. Like Nate showed that to me today. I'm like, wait, what? How? No. Like, and I'm wondering if Sonic released under 20th Century Fox to be able to do what they did, or if they bought the rights like they did with Wreck It Ralph. I don't know, but oh man, I'm so excited, and I'm so excited to see Flounder and like all. Yeah, I. I I, I don't know if Roger Rabbit's in it, but it would be so cool if they, if they connect it to Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I, I'm 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 excited to watch it. I haven't Pretty I haven't good. watched because I watched Force Awakens today, and and this is a really weird thing. I I don't do well if I have to watch. I I did all six Star Wars movies in one day one time, uh, and that was an ordeal. <laughs> good lord. No, yeah, we d- we started at 10 a.m. and we took 15 to a half an hour breaks in between each movie. This was when I was in high school. Obviously, this was before the sequels. Yeah, so. this was before the sequel trilogy. This was when I was in high school. And we started at 10 a.m. and the last movie ended at 10 after midnight. And about halfway through uh-huh. six, you're just like, I'm so sick of this. No, I'm so no, done. I, I couldn't do it. There's no way. I, I'm so happy I did it because it was one. It was really a great day because it was just like uh, uh, my friend Mark uh, who – he he just like his house was just open all day so people came in and out and it was you know we were watching the movies but we were also kind of like hanging out and having a good time but it was only he and i that were there at 10 a.m so Mm. only he and i can say that we were there at 10 a.m and 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 stayed through the entire thing love it i absolutely love it well, we got lots of great stuff on tap coming up, folks. We've got some from crossover happening with our Discontinued on Display podcast, uh, Matt's Mistress podcast. I saw it. Looks like you recorded something. Yes. There. So uh, 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 season four is going to be Discontinued themed entertainment. Mm. So this is going to be. I mean, there's going to be some Disney rides. There's going to be some. Uh, Are you going to do Are you going to do Showbiz Pizza? Showbiz Pizza. That's a good one. Showbiz I need to write pizza. that down. That was a Midwestern thing, and it merged yes. with Chuck E. Cheese. But Showbiz Pizza. Yes. I, I, or, and there was also the other one. There was um, uh, Discover, Discovery Zone, I think, was the other one. Yeah, a, I remember that as a kid. Yeah. Um, I remember yeah, so we used got, to go there, and we used to play Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, we've, <laughs> got, some, we've got some fun stuff. We, so we just did we, – we just recorded an episode in there. We're trying to – stay on top of things so we you know don't get backlogged but we found we found some really fun stuff and and some of the some of these things are like we're recording an episode we're definitely going to be doing serial city usa that was in mm. battle creek michigan okay that's no longer there but i visited that so there's but yeah we're going to be doing a disney store one which is yes, awesome it's yeah. going to be a crossover between the two podcasts which will be fun so um, but yes, we got that coming up. We've got another uh, Diz Games trivia challenge coming up here soon. Um, I, I think maybe we should probably do a review of the the, the Rescue Rangers episode. That would oh, be a yeah. fun episode yeah. to do as well. So um, I'm got my trip to Disneyland coming up here in see, 10, uh, 25 days, 25 days from now. So uh, yes. from when you're listening yes. to this, it'll be 23. 
three days from now, 22 days from now. So it, it sure is. Sure is, baby. Just made my final payment. Well, I got one more payment to go on. The hotel. And um, the other thing that I've decided um, without checking with Casey, so oh um, you know, this may get vetoed um, uh, for the MCU content I that, that I Casey does. veto power, by the way. <laughs> for the MCU content that Casey does not want to uh, watch. Oh. Go ahead. I will be I will be bringing up uh, I will be bringing on some guests and we'll be releasing some of those episodes um, uh, kind of throughout the week. Maybe we'll go we'll do our special Friday episodes of MCU content. So definitely you're going to hear my thoughts and whoever I can uh, get get thoughts on on Moon Knight uh, uh, very soon. So speaking um, of the MCU, you put a poster, a poll out there for yes. our last episode. How are you feeling after the multiverse of madness? So we didn't have a lot of responses, but seven people do seem to side with you, which is uh, bring on more, baby. I'm loving it. Five side with me. Fatigued of MCU content. What's interesting is I didn't think a million people would go one way or the other, but it, I don't want to say it's split, but a seven to five. I mean, that, you know, if you extrapolate that, I mean, you know, kind of multiply that out, you'd given the fact that 30 to 35% or, or even 40% of, of, fans of MCU might be starting to get grow a little tired of where we're at. That's interesting to me. I think that's a pretty good cross section, even though it's a small sample size, one third of people are starting to feel the fatigue and two thirds aren't. I, yeah. I think that's a pretty good I think it's a indication good indication of where we're at. Yeah, because if you had the one that says bring on more, I just didn't like multiverse of madness, it's eight to five basically. Eight people still like the MCU as a whole, five do not. You extrapolate that out. Yeah, that basically, actually, it's, yeah, it's about one, not even one third, maybe about 30%. Yeah. That sounds yeah. about right. That sounds and, about right. And, yeah. So, um, and, and that might be what Feige wants. Maybe they want to bring in, because they might be able to get some more of the hardcore comic fans in with some of the stuff that they're doing. But they, I think they're going to start to lose some folks like me. So, um, no veto. I am totally okay if you want to bring on some hardcore Marvel fans to talk about the stuff that I, I'm not going to watch because I'm not going to watch Moon Knight. I'm not going to watch What If. You already did What If, but not going to watch What If. Um, I will watch Loki when the new episode, new season. Oh, yeah, yeah, out, yeah. And, and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, but at this point, I am feeling a little little burnout not gonna lie yeah no worries yeah so that that'll be kind of you know that that won't be we're not gonna release be releasing weekly friday episodes but every so often we'll toss some mcu content in there there. yeah also i do want to shout out as well i've got an article coming out on the sorcerer network this week about um avatar and um the new trailer dropping and kind of my thoughts on that whole franchise i'm i we'll have to talk about that because i did enjoy the very first avatar i love pandora i am very very interested to see where this new movie and or movies that are supposed to be four of them coming out like yep like are they gonna do water air earth and fire or something are they gonna like literally go avatar like 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 the parallels are really making me laugh a little bit but i was not i was not impressed by the trailer yeah, so, I, so I'm. I, uh, you'll you, you'll have to read my thoughts on the Sorcerer Network. Ah, I see, I see. All right, uh, it's closing time. If you want to get a hold of us, like Matt said, SorcererNetwork.com. Check us out. All of our content is up there from both the Beers and Ears podcast and discontinued on display. Uh, for our stuff, it's all categorized. So if you're planning a trip to the parks and want some advice, definitely check it out. If you want to catch up on your Marvel content, check it out. Star Wars, you want to go back and listen to what we've talked about, check it out. Um, movie reviews, it's all there for you. And also chronological if you absolutely want it. 
Um, you can also find us on our Facebook page. We are at 547 members, so awesome. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Um, Beers and Ears podcast. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928. Of course, we love to read your email as well. Beers and Ears, Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for shows, um, let us know. Um, we usually kind of set them out a quarter at a time. So we're actually coming up at the end of our quarter here. So we'll have to do business here soon, Matt. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, let's go ahead and raise our glass. Yes. This episode has been on us. We will see you next time. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. I'm kind of a big deal. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast. <laughs>